Hey friends, welcome to It's All In My Head, where I talk to people about their experiences with mental health in a real, raw, and vulnerable way. I'm here to share stories that connect us to others in the way that mental health shows up for us, the challenges that we face, the stuff that gets us through, and perhaps most importantly, how we remain resilient. I'm your host, Joel Kaskinen. Welcome back to It's All in My Head, the mental health podcast with your host, Joel Kaskinen. I'm sitting here today with a new friend of mine, another fellow podcaster in the mental health space. Super excited about this conversation. We've been talking for quite a while and gearing ourselves up for this conversation. Um, So yeah, I'm going to just get right into it here. I have Kyle Moore with me today. Kyle, um, I will let you introduce yourself and then I'll kind of bring it back into like how we met and um, explain a little bit more in that um, realm of things. But yeah, I'm going to kick it over to you. Thank you. Well, I mean, first of all, I mean, I appreciate you having me on. This is, uh, we have been chatting going back and forth for a while. So it's amazing to like finally be able to sit down and have this chat. Um, so like Joel said, my name is Kyle. I am the host of the mental health podcast, Life's a Wreck, um, CEO of Life's a Wreck Media, uh, just kind of, uh, yeah, just a, just a mental health boy trying to make things work. A mental health boy trying to make <laughs> things work. That is my new Twitter bio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love. I mean, that's somebody uh, back in uh, when I was in university and I started the podcast. Um, I had a close friend of mine who was like, "Oh, you're like you're like a mental health boy," and I kind of had a I had a kick out of that. And so it's just kind of something that stuck a little bit. And anytime anybody's like, "Who are you? Like, what do you do?" I'm like, "I don't know. I'm just a mental health boy." And yeah, trying to make things work, I think, is a pretty accurate description that of my life right so now. So good. Please brand and trademark that. I want to see a TM behind that. <laughs> I want to see it in your Twitter bio. Sure, I want to see it on words. a shirt. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, a bumper sticker. <laughs> Ooh, that could be cool. I like that. I like that. Yeah. No, my best friend Monica actually just was describing to her new boyfriend about me. And she okay. goes... Joel can't be explained. He's got to be experienced. And so now that's wow. like my thing. I just keep that's, telling everyone that's that. Sick. <laughs> yeah, that's actually like, I'd be so like, my I'd be so full of life. I'd be like, you, you said what about me? It's so nice. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. So I think everyone needs like their little tagline, their little like I brand status. But anyhow. everyone needs a slogan. Exactly. Uh Exactly. Anywho, enough about that. Um, For our listeners out there, Kyle, we met, quote unquote, met, I'm Mm, doing finger quotations, um, online over Twitter, um, because I discovered your podcast just through like searching other mental health podcasts on like the podcast app. Mm. Um, And I was like, oh, life's a wreck. And of course your name immediately like caught my eye. And I was like, well, my life is a wreck. So obviously I'm going to listen to that. And so then I started listening and was like, holy shit, this dude's got it together. And that's, I mean, really like when I reached out to you and was like, I'm obsessed with your podcast, come on my podcast, whatever. (laughs) So we've been talking for a couple of months trying to like, you know, make that happen. But um, Mm -hmm. I'm just, I mean, like you said that you were thrilled to have this conversation. I'm thrilled to have this conversation. I think that your podcast is just like, it's an inspiration to me. It's a lot of like, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of what I'm trying to model. And um, I just think like men talking about mental health in spaces like podcasts and mm-hmm. like the digital sphere, I think mm-hmm. is so important. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, first of all, like, thank you so much. And honestly, like you were somebody reaching out who just like, you know, I, I'm really fortunate that I'm at the point now with like the podcast and with uh, my advocacy work where I do get kind of like quite a few um, messages from people just kind of like reaching out. And when you did reach out, it was one of those things that like, just so like, 
so genuine and kind and and i just like so definitely was very much looking forward to like collaborating in any kind of way that we could so like first of all i mean like thank you for just even saying all those nice things like i really appreciate that <laughs> um but yeah like it's it's so important to have men and that's this is what i realized like i started life's wreck just as an opportunity to get some things off my chest and then i just started started to see like very slowly the impact on other men that it had just having that project out there where it was like oh here's a guy in his early twenties who played sports in high school and, you know, has that kind of typical like bro-y look, who's just kind of shooting the shit with interesting people about mental health and people enjoyed that. So it was uh, something I was like, okay, there might be a little, uh, a little something going on here. I can kind of, uh, I can kind of work with. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that it uh, came through for you. Yeah, definitely. And I love that you uh, referenced, like you have that bro-y look and you're just a young guy who's like willing to talk about this stuff, um, you know, because I think a lot of people, especially men, are like, oh, like he's a tough football player and right. like, you know, he can't talk about real stuff and be vulnerable and authentic. And, um, you know, I love that like today, um, culturally speaking, we have so many people using their platforms like men who are the stereotypical like bro, we, you know, football players or jocks or athletes or what have you. Mm. And like, they're using their platforms to talk about it. And so like you, who is just a regular old college guy, you know, like using your platform to be able to talk about it is so nice. And, um, you know, I like how you started it just as a way to like get some things off your chest and it's turned into something so beautiful and so powerful. Mm. Um, you know, that's ultimately why I created my podcast too, is I, once I started talking about my trauma, I couldn't stop talking about it. It was like, I went from like two months of like not speaking after the traumatic experience that I went through to like, Mm. I started opening up and I like finally said the words to my therapist, like I'm struggling like with suicidal ideation because I, what I was there witnessing a suicide, like, Mm. you know? Mm. And so it literally was like, once I said those words, I I just started flowing out of me. It was like, why don't people talk about this more? Like I need to be able to talk about suicide. I need to be able to talk about mental health. That's when I started the podcast. And so, I mean, it's, it just, it's a way for us to channel some emotions and some feelings, but then it goes out into the world and helps people. That's the best part is the fact that like, it's literally for me, it's therapy. Like this is my form of kind of personal therapy where it's like, I I think that everybody should. And I think that therapists should be accessible for anybody and anybody should have a therapist that you go to kind of like a dentist, go for a checkup once in a while. If if you have a, you know, toothache, you go like more regularly. If you've got something, you know, going on that you're struggling with upstairs, you go more regularly. I think everybody should go. But in terms of just kind of like therapy at home, this is me. This is, this is what, I love to do is like you literally mm-hmm. makes me feel so like you just talked about it. like it makes me feel so good to talk about these things and like put them out just into the universe but then to actually like kind of put them in a little capsule put it somewhere that somebody might be able to go to anytime they need it doesn't yes. have to be like it's on their time I love that that's my favorite part of podcasting it's great 100% yeah kind of my um catalyst for this was I had one person that I worked with who refused to call the suicide that I was there for Mm. a suicide he kept referring to it as an accident and I said like I finally was like I snapped one day and I literally went no like the reason that someone took their life is not an accident like you have to stop referring to it as an accident you have to refer to it as like what as what it is and Mm. so for me that's the catalyst it was like if people aren't going to talk about this stuff because it's so taboo it's so stigma someone has to talk about it and I've always kind of been the one that's like pushing the boundaries and like I've always just like been the one that doesn't hold back like no holds barred and Mm. so I finally was like I'm gonna start saying it like I'm gonna use the words suicide I'm gonna use the words mental health I'm gonna use the words whatever and we're gonna put it out there Mm -hmm. and and it's it's huge because like it's, it's normalizing. It's, it's truly like, I think that there's such a power and what I've seen that's been so impactful on just my listeners and my community, just as a whole out here in the Maritimes is just like, when you just start having those conversations and you show people that the world didn't end just because I said suicide, like nothing, you know, nothing changed the public perception surrounding who I am. Didn't like, it didn't change when I started like actually using the terminology associated with mm-hmm. mental health issues. And it was one of those things that I remember I was, a, I was really lucky to during the pandemic, be a supply teacher for a little bit. 
And I remember um, going into these classrooms and speaking openly with like children about mental health issues and, uh, and just being able to kind of like talk about, you know, when people were struggling, you talked about that in a normal way. It wasn't one of these like, hush, hush, hey, see me at recess. It was like, hey, like, let's, let's chat about it. You've got a, you've got a group of people around you who should have your best interest in mind. And that's the kind of environment I want to foster. So let's have the conversation so that you guys feel comfortable having the conversations. And it's just like, you just have to give people permission to have a human experience. And I think when you normalize that kind of terminology and, and those ideas just makes it easier makes it easier for them and why wouldn't you this is the life's hard why wouldn't you want to make it a little bit easier for everybody yeah exactly uh i love that you just used the phrase have a human experience like we've got to allow people to have a human experience because human experiences are rough and they are turbulent and they are wild and they are not linear in any capacity and everyone's is different And so the fact that like we are expected to fit into all of these boxes and to fit all of these norms that were created by, I don't know, flawed things like humans, like how can we possibly have a human experience when we are all so flawed and we are all so different and we Mm. are all just trying to get by? It's, it's one of those things. It's actually kind of funny you bring that up because I know that, um, one of the things that I love so much about the Life Direct brand is the idea of water. Um, and obviously being from the Maritimes, I have a really strong yeah. connection to like the ocean and, and water and nature in general. And I always, I always kind of thought about it, how it's, it's so interesting where in this human experience, you've kind of got so many people who are collectively putting their energy, putting their mindset, I guess you could call it kind of into this area in which we are all kind of pouring into. And as soon as you kind of like, all of a sudden start to put these like sturdy boundaries up and it's like you can't you have you can completely express yourself as long as the water doesn't touch the shore you know as long Mm -hmm. as you stay right in the middle of the stream and it's like you know you don't create anything like you don't change anything by putting anybody by creating a stream that's just going straight it's like it has to branch off it has to have it's so many people out there there's so many people doing really amazing interesting things people with different backgrounds gender ethnicity everything who are having different experiences and so all of a sudden when we say hey, you're valid as a human being with a little asterisk next to it, where it's like, unless, unless you start kind of doing things that are, that go against the, the status quo that we've set, what, a couple hundred years ago kind of thing. It's, you know, it's a different time. It's uh, hopefully we're heading towards a time of uh, people putting people first, you know, mm-hmm. and that would be, mm-hmm. that would be really nice to see instead of uh, this very, like you said, like robotic boxy, you know, feel when you can feel. And, you know, it's almost like you have to get permission to feel nowadays. And you're just like, what? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. That's, I mean, 100% how I try to live my life is people first all the time. Um, So my job, I do social media management for the Mm -hmm. nonprofit that I work for. And I was writing my social media strategy because when I came in, we didn't have one. And the last person, I mean, they put a ton of work into our social media and got it to be where it is today, but they didn't have a strategy behind it. And so Mm. it was just kind of like, whatever, free for all. Right. Um, Yeah, Yeah. And I'm so grateful that they like did it because that's not their background. That's not their passion. And they were like making it happen. And Mm like my passion is communications and like marketing and that sort of stuff. And I'm very good at it. And so when I came in and I wrote my social media strategy, I was like, the whole purpose of social media is to be social. It needs to be humanized and we need to be able to set ourselves apart from all of the other social media pages. Totally. And how do we do that? By being human. Mm. and that's 100% how I lead like my in my work like I we're a mental health nonprofit, and my social media pages for our organization are going to be human first yes I I love that also I really love the fact that you said that you just you know you very confidently with your chest said that you're good at social media I think that that's <laughs> that's no that's one of those things that I think there's so many people nowadays who like even 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 last night, I was out uh, I was out having drinks with some friends, and uh, somebody asked me, they're like, "Oh, what do you do?" And I just kind of instinctively was just like, "Oh, you know, not much. You know, I work at a I work at a restaurant." And then I was saying to my roommate afterwards, I was like, "Why the hell did I say that? I got a lot of stuff going for me. Like, what am I what am I doing? Why am I shooting myself in the foot like that?" So I love yeah. to hear that you very much like confidently said, "Like, this is something I'm good at." Because it's like, yeah, hell yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's it's so true. Like I, working with mental health brands, this is like it would be kind of weird not to think of the mental health of the people you're working with or the the mental state of the people that you're broadcasting content to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it it has to be. And and like thankfully, we're starting to see corporations a little tiny bit kind of work their way towards this. Like you're telling me that the people who work for us are human beings with lives yeah. outside of the office. <laughs> what so like you know i feel like we're heading in a a decent like corporate direction that way but like definitely it's amazing to see this just kind of like that people first content push it normalize it get it out there Uh um it's great especially for men too because that's uh you know something that we were definitely looking forward to talking about is like the idea of men's mental health stigma and that Uh kind of stuff Uh and it's like i feel like when you do broadcast that kind of content out that people first content to a male audience it's definitely like you start to kind of see people really absorb it it's like okay like this is actually this is geared towards me and Uh if this is geared towards me then maybe it's okay for me to let a few things out maybe talk to my friends kind of little take little baby steps in the right direction (laughs) For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. So my first season of the podcast, Mm. I had most guests that were women, um, because that was the people that were interested in talking to me. I have a lot of women friends. Um, and so just by nature of my work, you know, being in higher education and then also now in mental health and social media, like there's, it's inundated with women. And so that's, you know, I've always kind of just been around that. And so, it was just easy for me to find guests and I struggled finding male guests. And I was like, what's going on? Where are all of the men in this like world that want to talk about social media, not social media, Christ on a cracker, talk about mental health. And so I literally was like, I'm making it a goal for season two to have more guests that are men. And I, so far, I mean, like, I think my next five episodes that I'm releasing are all men. Like Awesome which I like, is so cool to me. I'm like, yeah. this is the shit that I want to talk about. These Hell are the yeah. people that I want to talk about it with. <laughs> yes. No, it's, I love, I, I love that because it's just like, it's just moving the dial. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's so true that the more that you're able to share the experiences of men who have been kind of like disproportionately affected by mental health stigma. Um, it's been one of those things where I've definitely uh, through my work and, and through talking with people, but just kind of reading whatever it may be there is such a interesting culture that surrounds men's mental health and, and when it's okay to feel the emotions that it's okay for men to feel men are, you know, allowed to feel anger uh, because that's a, that's a masculine emotion. You're, you're pigeonholed. There's thousands of emotions out there and you're pigeonholed to what three, you know? So it's like, so the idea of just being able to have men come on and talk openly about what they're going through and, or, or, you know, share their stories and putting that out there. It's like, that's the kind of stuff that needs to be pushed. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that uh, that you've went to a, uh, a male direction for these next couple because it's men need this kind of stuff. This is you know one area where it's a need for men for mm-hmm. sure. It's creating a much different culture. Yeah, I so I was going to do some mini series. Um, in between seasons, so in between Ooh. first and second season, yeah, I was going to do a queer mental health mini series and focus on queer mental health. Um, and I was just in the process of moving and life changing events and all of that, and so I only ended up pushing out one episode because I just realized I didn't have the capacity for it. Totally. But I had like planned out for in between season two and season three when this season wraps to do a men's health um mini series and I wanted to make it like kind of a challenge like a game show kind of thing like um because men love that competition we love that like what's in it for me kind of thing and so I wanted to make it like fun and appealing and then I was like why do I need a mini series to do that when I can just incorporate all of that stuff into like my regular season? And yeah, so that's yeah, why I yeah, kind yeah. of like flipped the script and I was like, no, Joel, like just prioritize men for this season and mm. like screw the mini series. Like totally, you can yeah, do it yeah. eventually later if you want, but like just make that happen for this season. So yeah, I think it's it's gonna be really cool. But I think what is it what does that look like for you like what you know how how has just that been so far like what has there been anything that's just kind of been like 
eye-opening about the experience of talking with more men about something that you, you know, is very important to you? You know, that's a great question. I have noticed so far that if they want to talk about it, they're going to talk about it. But like for me to like go out and seek people, it's a different thing. Um, So for example, like some of the men that I am speaking with have reached out to me. Like one is a former student of mine who, um, uh, he worked for me for, um, a year and I, like, I just adore him. And we, I didn't really feel like we ever had like a super close relationship back when he was working for me. And I think it was just the nature of like employee employer. Um, but we always have kept in touch since then. And I do feel like we've gotten closer and he has been going through some stuff recently and was like, I want to be on your podcast. I want to talk about this stuff. And so he and I share podcast episodes all the time, like new stuff he's listening to new stuff. I'm listening to like accounts on social media that we follow, like whatever. Mm. Um, and so I have noticed that like if I ask people, they're a little bit more hesitant um, right. unless I know that they're willing, like people mm. who, for example, work in mental health or work in healthcare or totally. work in education, you know, those are the people that I'm seeing like are more willing to do it. Mm. Um, but I have, I think it's really cool that I've had people reach out to me, a couple of guys that are like, I listened to your episode or this episode. And I think that I have something to share. And I'm like, yeah. yes, count me, count Hell me yeah. sign me up. <laughs> That's so great. That was one of the, that was actually one of my favorite things about starting this podcast was having like guys that I used to play football with back in high school or basketball, or, you know, from this small rural town yeah. in New Brunswick, Canada. And, uh, and they would reach out and be like, Hey man, like, I just want to let you know, like, I would never really talk about it publicly, but like, I've went through my own struggles. I appreciate like everything that you're doing. And I was just like, like, that's that's number one it's crazy that you don't feel comfortable talking about this kind of stuff because like that's just so it's just so heartbreaking the fact that you're you you've grown up in a culture and I the same culture that I grew up in just thankfully that it was one of those things well not even thankfully like I I literally just got to a breaking point I was like I I either get this stuff off my chest or I'm not gonna be around to make a podcast yeah so yeah so I was like almost forced into it but the fact that these you know these incredible young men don't feel confident about kind of just saying like publicly hey this is what i'm going through but like they're so appreciative of it behind closed doors and they're like Mm -hmm. it's something that's so needed it's something that like it's just like keep going like you know they're they're so like put like go go come on keep going keep doing this keep doing they're so supportive because they just understand the importance of it all it's uh it's really cool for sure yeah definitely um i've noticed that too you know people from my hometown and it sounds like we came from pretty similar backgrounds um small towns small rural towns you there know you rural small town northern michigan like yeah. by the great lakes and you know you're from new brunswick small rural yes. town on the water you know and i love that you had referenced the water earlier because i the, i have this great affinity for water after living mm. on the great lakes and yeah anyway that's not where i'm going with this <laughs> piece of conversation sure, but, of course of course um I've noticed that like, you know, my parents, my siblings, we don't talk about this stuff. And like, it Mm. really took like my, like mental health spiral, my breakdown and breakthrough and like literally like me having suicidal ideation because of experiencing suicide myself, Yeah, you know, like to, I think for any of them to realize that like, I've had anxiety and depression for years and then yeah. I just I didn't have the language to put it out there I don't think they had the language or the understanding to talk about it mm. and therapy is not something that we ever did you know like when you're from a small rural conservative area you you don't talk about that stuff you don't go to therapy you go to church and you go outside yeah. and whatever yeah. um and so when I started medication and I started therapy and I was like talking to all of them about like, this is what's going on. I think mm-hmm. all of them, it clicked. Yeah. And while they still don't really talk about it because I don't, I just don't think that they have the full understanding, the, le- totally. the language to have that conversation 100%. with me yet. They're like at least more aware and like they see, but I've noticed some people from my hometown have like, Joel, you're doing a podcast on mental health. Like, you know, one of my friends, I don't have many friends from home to this day, but one person I keep in touch with, um, which is so wild because we weren't friends growing up, but like we Mm -hmm. reconnected because of social media and he is like my biggest fan. He like listens to every episode, like wants to come on. He's going to be on an episode. Like 
Um, but he lives in St. Louis, Missouri now, which is another like conservative city, like small city. Um, and he's like, I get this stuff. I understand. I experience it. And I like, I, I want to listen to this stuff because it's another guy going through the same stuff that everyone else is going through who grew up in the same place I did and didn't have this language. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually bananas what happens when you literally just like, you know, we always talk about putting people in a box, like that idea of like, we put, we just talked about it earlier, you put mm-hmm. human beings in a box. It is amazing what happens when you, when you find the door to the box and you just like creak it open a little bit yes. and you're like, you're like, Hey, notice this like whole construct that we've lived in and like, <laughs> see that little, like that little light there. And you just like, look at, you can go out and you can put your hand out and you bring it back in. My hand's still here. It's like, it's a safe place out there. You know, you can go. It's amazing. It's amazing what happens. Yes. Oh my gosh. Do you hear my dog barking? Uh, I do, but it's, it's really not, uh, <laughs> to like i've got listen my dog back home is uh back in uh, new brunswick like outside of my place here uh is a, a deaf french bulldog and uh mm-hmm. he he just loved to death but he has the shrillest bark i have ever heard <laughs> and i'm telling you there's been multiple podcast recordings i've done where it's been like hey guys give me a minute here and you have to like go and calm him down because it's just so piercing mm-hmm. and you just know that that's showing up on audio just like <laughs> terribly so i get yeah, it it's 100%. all good yeah i have never had animals and my roommate has this amazing corgi she's so mm-hmm. freaking cute her name's camilla and she's the queen of the love house it, and she knows it, yeah. it um but she whenever we're not giving her attention that's like such a character trait of corgis whenever we're not giving her attention she does this and i'm like wow hey girl, I know that you're standing right outside my bedroom right now because yeah, you can hear exactly. me talking and I'm not exactly. giving you attention, but like, babe, Dog. you're yeah, not exactly. the only like, person let's, in the let's world. Let's just, uh, just real quick, let's just kind of take it down. You're at a 10, I need you, Camilla, I need you to four. Yeah, exactly. But I think Spencer's like getting ready for the day. So I think that she's like, I hear both of you, but none of you are you're Right, right. <laughs> what's going on? Where's my attention? <laughs> I'm kind of like that too, honestly. If you ask my roommate, Probably say, say the similar thing. I'm sitting at his door. Hey, man, you up? Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably the same. Let's yeah. be real. I'm <laughs> exactly. always like the needy. <laughs> I, that song by Disclosure, I'm latching onto you. <laughs> that is like me to a T. I like literally tell people all the time I'm a stage five clinger. So that song it. is me. <laughs> That's too funny, man. That's great. Uh, anyway, so back to stigma of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Health. yeah. Um, I guess I'm just curious, like, to what do we have to do, in your opinion, to break down the stigma other than just continuing the conversation? Like, is there, like, in your opinion, in, in your experience, is there something that we need to do to, like, change the systems that we have in place to, like, make this happen? Or, like, Mm, yeah. I, I know this is like a, a big like existential question but it's something I think I about it. all the time <laughs> it's, yeah, that hit the nail on the head I think about this constantly um because it's just like well first of all it's what a fantastic little brain teaser to think about um it's like how do you hmm, how do I change the world you know that's always just a fun yeah. thing to play around with um but uh but yeah so in my experiences um I think I think that what we just talked about is, is super huge of that you show people that they can exist in their own space and not be uh, and not be thought less of because of it. I think it is truly, truly living by example. I think that for so long, and I think a great example of this is my relationship with my dad and then my dad's relationship with my grandfather. Um, all of those relationships are built on love, um, but that love looks very differently between generations of men where I've seen my father, who is a anxious individual himself, but he's a very caring and, and I'm really fortunate to have a dad who is very passionate and caring and emotional and is not afraid to, to show that. But his relationship with his father, you know, they'll hop on the phone and you, you kind of know the script that they're going to go through. It's how are you? Good, good. What's the weather like? Oh, it's a bit rainy. How about you? Oh, it's sunny here. And then just like, how's, you know, how's mom? Oh, she's good. Blah, blah, blah. All righty, we'll talk soon. And it's just like, and that's, you know, the kind of conversations, like that's the kind of relationship that has been seen as normal. It's been the status quo for these generations. And so we are now in this age of like digital connectivity and um, where you're able to experience new culture and new community and everything 
through your through this little thing in your pocket. And so we are exposed to so much more life and so much more emotion and feeling. And, and it's and it's one of those things that helps normalize it. But they weren't. And then those um, those characteristics, those definitions of men. My grandfather grew up in a time when it was just like, God forbid, a man cried like that was the, you know, the you had to be a rock and a provider and you couldn't take a second to take mm-hmm. a step back. Mm-hmm. And then my dad's generation had a little bit more of that kind of like, OK, maybe there's just a little hint of that. But there was still taught that same kind of, you know, uh, masculine traditional masculinity from the ground and so it just kind of like it's one of those things where it just keeps trickling down and i feel like as we continue to progress things get more and more open which is really amazing to see and i think that like our job especially as men in the mental health space is to like acknowledge where these gender norms and where all of these characteristics have come from understand why they're there be empathetic to that those situations Mm -hmm. but then like just continue continue the drip in a way it's like things have kind of progressively continue the drip yeah it's just like it's a slow process it is a aggravatingly slow process for people who are like really involved in in mental health uh because you're like you're like come on guys let's just like flick a switch and like let's have everything be okay Mm -hmm. but when you have literally thousands of years of taught masculinity and taught everything that expands across every culture on the planet it is going to, it takes a while. And so literally it is just continuing to do what we're doing right now. It is having these conversations. I think like something that I pride myself on is speaking to people in like popular culture or in like traditional masculine things like sports about mental health. You know, I've had multiple football players, um, Paralympic athletes, uh, a lot of really incredible athletes, male athletes on the podcast talking about their mental health. And for me, that's huge because these are role models for younger men. And and now when they're able to grow up in this age of digital connectivity, where that becomes something they regularly see, now all of a sudden it's like you're able to have a little bit of an influence on creating a culture surrounding this person. And then all the men that they're surrounded with, that leaks out to them. It's that drip that just keeps on kind of growing. It's a slow process, but we just got to keep doing this. It's it's a long-winded answer or a long-winded answer for a very like simple answer in a way, but like it's literally just these conversations, it's these projects, it's doing what you do, doing what I do, and just just being men who are okay with being men, whatever the definition that they decide men is. I couldn't have said it any better. That's perfect. Um I mean, that's one of the reasons why I was like so inspired by your show originally. It's like you have like so many diverse guests on, like, and you have people like you had a Big Brother cast member, you yeah, had professional yeah. athletes and Paralympics, like athletes, like you, like you run the gamut, like. I don't know how you get your guests or like what you're doing, but you're doing the damn thing. And hey, I appreciate that's that. like one of the first things that I noticed about your show that I was like so into because I wasn't getting guests like that. I was like, I get, like, I'm barely having these conversations with men. Granted, I, hey, like, this I don't is even two years into go. it. This is two <laughs> years into it. This is like my guests at the very beginning were like friends and family and mm-hmm. teachers and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a, uh, it's a slow burn, but like, it's something that we pride ourselves on more than anything. I think that um, the way that I would describe what I'm trying to do with Life's Rec is like, I'm much less a, a host of a podcast and I would consider myself much more of a curator. Um, like literally, I always kind of like to joke about like, you're kind of like a curator at a mental museum where oh. my, yeah, my, my job is not to be the center of attention. My job is to create a space in which these stories live in a way that is like, it, it, that showcases them the best that they can and i think that it's just like really cool to be able to have like uh, a museum that has art and everything from all around the world from every you know it, because it's just like i want to create this tapestry of mental health where it's like it's like how can you say that mental health only applies to women or mental health only applies to this community or that community when you have a a legitimate example of oh, well then, okay, well, there's, you know, somebody with Middle Eastern uh, descent who's talking about their mental health. And here's a Paralympic gold medalist who, you know, was injured in Iraq. And then here's just your local mom and pop owner of like a store talking about business development and that kind of stuff. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, I think that that's just the coolest thing is to be able to create 
not you're, you're literally just like you're not even creating anything you're just allowing people to create their art and you're just giving it somewhere to live and i think that that's cool oh my gosh absolutely it also makes for a fantastic pitch when you're pitching bigger guests and you're like listen <laughs> that you yeah you give them the, you give them that sauce you're a little bit like you know hey like this isn't about me this is about you like this is i just want to add what you are to all of this yeah. and mm-hmm. people are much more especially when you're talking about uh mental health people are much more willing to add their voice to such amazing uh cause that is just increasingly becoming more and more of a pop culture topic right now i mean like Mm -hmm. even i was watching um football the other day like nfl football and one of the uh lane johnson a guard for the uh, philadelphia eagles Mm -hmm. um took a i think he like took a took a week or two off or something like that because of his mental health and it was like and it was a topic of conversation and these traditional uh broadcasters were talking about you know the how that's it's really good to see and it's good to see that the and i was just like hell fucking yeah like this yes, is what it's about. It's just absolutely. about, it's not about shaming that man for taking the time that he needs. It's about being like, Hey, we're all human. Just because we paid this man millions of dollars to, you know, be like a, a hog molly in the trenches. It's like, it's like, that's a guy, that's a man. Yeah. And he, he needs just time. another person, yeah. just another person. And that's, and we got to look at everybody like that. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. who you are. That's, and that's again, what I love about the guests we have on the podcast. It's people mm-hmm. who have mm-hmm. significant social media followings, whatever it may be. And so many people see them as a content robot or as just an athlete. And it's like, everybody's just so much more than what you see on the surface. And you just yes. got to give them the opportunity to show that. Yes. I mean, I, I love that you were referencing it this guy, Lane Johnson, because that's something that I I find really fascinating when athletes use their platforms for better things. You know, look yeah. at the Colin Kaepernick's of the world, look yeah. at Simone Biles taking time off for her mental health during the Olympics. Like yeah. um, Naomi Osaka, like she's Huge. taking a like, sabbatical if you will like from tennis because she's just like i'm cashed out and lane johnson doing the same thing like it's you know all the power to these people like that's amazing like you have these world stages that you're standing on and if you're not using that to better the world around you the people that you're interacting with the people that you're not interacting with but who look up to you as a model like you're doing it wrong and you know that's another reason that like I stepped into the mental health space is like I have a ton of power a ton of privilege like I am a white man living in a world that was built for and by white men and so I have that power and that privilege I also have the platforms of I am a social media manager. I grew up in the digital age. I'm connected to the world via my fingertips. Like yeah. if I'm not using that stuff, I'm doing my my life wrong. I'm doing my job yeah. wrong. And so I just, I think it's really, really powerful that like we can sit down and have other men and other like platforms or people with platforms to talk about this stuff. Yeah, it's it's amazing, man. And I think that like, I, I know you're the kind of person where I definitely can like, you know, continue to see what you're doing, continue to grow because you do have such a, you know, you're so well-spoken and you're so genuine and authentic. And I just, I appreciate that so much, but I think like, it, it's true. It's just, it's just people at the end of the day, you know, it's uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where you're kind of just like, you kind of just like, I always just kind of like find myself just nodding my head. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. like what you said kind of thing. It's just um, people doing it's things. Just, it's just people doing things. And like, let's just, let's just like, let that happen. The people who are at the Olympics. Yeah. It's like, you know, I always think about this, like somebody, I had somebody who reached out to me when uh, Naomi Osaka was like, uh, I'm going to take some time off from tennis. And they were like, they were like, what's your kind of thoughts on this? Because in my perspective, this is speaking from them. They were saying, in my perspective, it's kind of interesting to see somebody uh, who they are paid millions of dollars to be a performer in a weird way. And I was just like, and I was like, okay, that's an interesting way of looking at it. And they are performing their art on a world stage. So you uh-huh. can't say that that's, and so you can say that, okay, they are being paid a lot of money when a lot of people are in really dire straits to do something that they love and that they've dedicated their life to. And that's a really cool thing. But at the end of the day, I was just kind of, and they were saying like, it's just kind of strange that they would take this time now. And I said, well, it's strange when anybody takes time for anything. Like you can't, you can't necessarily say that, okay, it's 1145 on a Friday. I'm not allowed to feel shitty. Like, and okay, now that this is block of time or I'm at work and all of a sudden I can't, you know, feel any kind of way. It's like, you never know when this stuff's going to come up. These people are literally 
in front of the masses. They're in front of mm-hmm. they're performing mm-hmm. and and executing in front of millions of people. That's that sounds stressful. And I so it's would like, be shitting my pants. Right? <laughs> it's like I don't care how good you are at your sport. God damn, you got a lot of cameras on you who are who are. Uh, that's why I was yeah. so excited to talk to Rohan from Big Brother because I was oh just like, gosh, damn, exactly. dude, you got some fucking cameras on you twenty four seven. You have you are being yourself in front of a lot of people. That's scary. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think that the biggest thing is like we just can't like we can't pigeonhole people to like oh just because you are in this thing that is like has this like prestige and it's like this oh it's this platform it's whatever it's like it doesn't mean you can't be human in those moments yeah it's like it i think we you know yeah it's just like you have to just be like okay oh somebody doesn't want to play tennis today okay i've woken up and not wanted the podcast before but just because they've got millions of people behind them or like watching them it's like that's supposed to make it less okay for them to feel i'm like if anything that may that should make it more that understandable more yeah 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 so i don't no. know we just gotta we just gotta get more used to just people just not like you can't expect people to follow their mental health to follow what you think is okay for them to mm-hmm. feel in a current time it's like you're not them you're not between those ears you don't know what's going exactly. on exactly and yeah. you don't know what other things that they're facing in their life outside of the challenges of competing at, on, on a national stage world stage whatever or you know like people on a big brother like having yeah. cameras in your face 24 7 like i often joke that i have the personality for to be on reality tv because i'm yeah, yeah, out yeah. there and i'm crazy and like i don't think i could be like on one of those competition shows but like throw mm-hmm. me in a house with a bunch of people like big brother and i know i could thrive because I'm the kind of person who's going to build allies and oh, relationships yeah. with people, but I also know how to stir the shit when I need to. Like, <laughs> and so I often tell, which I like, love, which I, I love. Exactly. I often tell people like, I would be great on reality TV, but then I'm like, I know that I'm such an anxious person that like mm. actually having those cameras on me, I don't know that I would be that great. Like it's something I think that I would be good at, but who, who, who am I to know? Like, I, I've thought about it a lot. I've thought about it a lot, especially after the whole um, Big Brother Canada mm-hmm. mixed up, which which kind of blew me up overnight on Twitter. Yeah, uh, not like blew me up, like a couple thousand followers kind of thing. But still, I was like, damn, it's like half the population of my hometown. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> uh but uh like that i've thought about that a lot i have thought about that a lot where it's like i'm like yeah like i'm a pretty personable guy i'm a pretty physical guy like i could probably compete on one of these shows hell yeah and then i like i really have to like objectively sit back and think like i have the like qualities of somebody who could be on the show but like this is a lot more daunting and intimidating when you actually think of like the real life implications of having mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of people eyes on you at all time. And I think for me, like, I would love to do that. I would love to do it to prove to myself that I can be myself in front of hundreds yeah. of thousands of people. It would be a challenge for me, but it would definitely be like, it would be an undertaking for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, everyone, yeah, everyone's got their equivalent of a hundred thousand eyeballs on them like whatever it may be whether it's pressure from a family member or a boss or whatever someone's got those pressures in their life but you know more money more problems as they say exactly well and i think that's why it's so important especially for men to like be talking about this stuff you know like you have eyeballs all over you because it's a man's world you know so Mm. everyone's looking to you to be the it guy yeah and you know the statistics show that one in four men are going to have severe mental health illnesses or you know experiences um one in four suicides is or three in four suicides excuse me is are are men you know like a lot of that does come from the pressure of quote unquote being a man you know like we are expected to hold everything together because that's the way of the world and so with that pressure comes great responsibilities comes great trauma comes great like anxiety like so of course we're gonna struggle yeah yeah it's it's so (laughs) it's so true I think like uh I one of my favorite quotes is the weight of the world must be pretty heavy and it's like yeah I bet you it is uh because you can definitely feel like in especially like you know I'll reference I think one of the most easily referenced situations for me in terms of just kind of like explaining what it's like being a man who struggles with mental health issues was in my previous long-term relationship. Um, I 
never once really talked to my partner about my mental uh, health, but it affected literally everything that we did mm, yeah. uh, and that I did in that relationship. And it was one of those things that because I was a man and grew up in a very traditional masculine area, there was idea for me that I am that I am to fit this mold that I'm so used to of I, I have to be like I can't be the emotional one I have to be the one who's providing I have to be the one who's the and and it got to the point where it was like it just I, I I watched everything around me deteriorate because of this like neglect for myself and and I think that like we just we just it's it's tough it's tough, man. And, and so just being able to like, just being able to do, uh, like, find my value as a human being as a man versus finding my value through being a man, I think was was definitely like a huge eye opener for me. Because I was like, damn, I can be a man who has a mental health podcast, who talks openly about it, who takes medication every day, who go, needs to go to therapy, who has a tough time. Yeah. And I can still, and I can still be a man. And it's like, uh, being a man doesn't come with any kind of like, it's just like being, being a woman doesn't come with any kind of like stipulations or shouldn't, uh, being a man shouldn't come with any kind of stipulations. Anybody who's non-binary shouldn't come with any stipulations. It's like, it's like, who, who are you? That's, that's where I think there's a lot, there's a little bit of love lost. So that brings up something that I want to ask. Um, how did you navigate that? Like in your last relationship, when if everything is being impacted by your mental health but you felt this need to fit this mold and this responsibility to yourself and your partner to be the man how did you navigate like being in a relationship and feeling the pressure to be the man with yeah. no emotions no feelings like no mental health whatever um and then what was your partner's response to that like did you all ever talk about that or was it just kind of like under you know an undertone in your relationship or like how did you navigate that uh well I navigated it poorly uh <laughs> is is a really good way of putting it um it was I mean we're not together now uh haven't been for quite some time I've only had like one serious relationship in my life because I've spent the past uh, couple of years working on another relationship with myself which has been uh time well invested for sure mm -hmm. um but uh but yeah like I did not handle that situation well at all and I think it was it was such a tough thing because it's like oh man we could get into it god damn um it was a very much a chicken and the egg relationship where I didn't know how to um, process my emotions and, and process my feelings about the situation. And then my partner didn't know what I did. Like, it was one of those, like my partner didn't know what I didn't know about processing emotions and I wasn't able to articulate it to them. And yeah. so now all of a sudden, you know, people say communication is the most important thing in a relationship. Basically you had two people, one trying to figure out what their value was as a man and not communicating that the other one trying to figure out why this party won't communicate with them. <laughs> and then all of a sudden now there's, there's overthinking on both sides. And then it becomes this like, tumultuous like butting heads a lot of emotions being kept deep down bottling up sure. and then they come out in unhealthy ways so it was definitely like it was a I think like the, the best part about that relationship was truly after the relationship was done having the time to like reflect um unjudgmentally of myself because like during the relationship it was how can I be perfection something I've struggled with for a while and I think that that stems from being a man this idea uh -huh. of I have to be the perfect son the perfect brother perfect boyfriend perfect friend whatever it may be this idea of steadiness perfection whatever was something that like I lived my life through ruined me and um I think like once that relationship was done I was then able because I didn't have to worry about being the perfect boyfriend I was able to actually see my faults and like acknowledge my faults and it wasn't this like ostrich with his, with his head in the sand being like nothing's wrong nothing's wrong like yeah I'm fine I'm fine everything's fine I'm gonna make it work and uh, I was actually able to be like oh god damn there was a lot going on <laughs> like I need to go to therapy yes <laughs> um, a, a great thing for me wow yeah yeah that was a uh um yeah that was really good for me for sure but it was tough, man. It was tough. Navigating it was not easy by any means. 
Yeah, well, thanks for sharing. I mean, like sometimes those questions can be a little triggering or, you know, whatever, but um, I so appreciate the the vulnerability there. Anyway, uh, yeah. thank you for sharing that and being vulnerable and <laughs> hey, no worries. processing your last relationship with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I've had plenty of uh, plenty of much longer episodes processing it, uh, but that was a good, uh, I think that was a good Sparks Note version. Uh, I love the, it. Uh, yes, yeah. I love it, love it, love it. Well, what haven't we talked about in terms of stigma surrounding men's mental health? Um, You know, it was very, it was a very like meta conversation where I feel like there was definitely like, even though, you know, we didn't necessarily always talk like directly on something, I feel like there was some like really good touch points in there. Um, Oh man, what haven't we talked about yet? Um, I definitely think we've hit the big things like, you know, where does, where does the stigma come from? Just mm-hmm. Largely, largely just learned, passed down, uh, cultural ideas of masculinity. Um, the idea of what can we do? Let's just continue to do what we're doing, like continue to push the narrative and show men through example that their worth does not lie in their manhood, like their manhood lies in what they see their own value in. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, yeah, man, that's, uh, those are the kind of like the big things. I mean, like, there's so many different areas in which you can kind of like talk very, uh, like much smaller talking points on it all, but like for sure overall, like, yeah, it's pretty much it, man. Great. Is there anything like final thoughts that you want to jump into? Um, oh, geez. Uh, sorry. Final <laughs> thoughts. No, no, no. I love Listen, I love whenever I have guests on the podcast, I love to keep them on their toes. I'll have some, you know, some, uh, throw some things out there and they're just like, Oh, like, I got to think about that for a sec. Um, and this is when you get like all the authentic in time mm-hmm, thoughts, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, I mean, like, first of all, I really do want to commend you on just like uh, a fantastic platform and everything that you're doing. And I think that uh, you yourself are a very, um, you're a, a great person. And I, it's, it's been awesome to just have, be able to sit down and chat with you on my Friday morning. And uh, yeah. it's it, what a great way to start the day. Of course. And Honestly, it is a great way to start the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that like, um, you know, it's just, it's just the, what's kind of coming up on my mind right now is just the idea of, uh, of just masculinity becoming a lot more fluid in a way, mm-hmm. because I think that, uh, I think that masculinity, because we want men to be so rigid and strong and like fortified in a way that we kind of do the exact same thing to masculinity where it's like masculinity means one thing and one thing only and it falls into this like not only do we pigeonhole ourselves but we pigeonhole the constructs that we've kind of like grown up with and i think that you know i think both of us are pretty good examples where we are you know we're both white men who have grown up in that that uh, world like you said built for white men um but we're you know we're from different geographical locations different uh you know backgrounds and everything and it's like we can still talk about this stuff. It doesn't matter. It's like, we're two men who have never met each other before who are able to sit down and have a fantastic, wonderful, mentally stimulating conversation about, about something that is so huge in both of our lives, but that affects literally every single person on this planet. And I think that that's just like, that's just like the coolest thing. And it's why I love my job. I'm sure, you know, you don't do a project like this and you don't enjoy it as well. Um, (laughs) And, uh, and it's just, it's just, it's just fantastic. And I encourage that, like, you don't have to have anybody listening. You don't have to have a podcast or a platform to have these conversations. You Mm -hmm. just need to have men in your life who value you as you and you value them as them. And you can have just conversations where you're looking out for their mental well-being, and it doesn't have to be anything that's like serious or, or you don't have to have a, you know, it doesn't have to be, you get everybody's friends over for an intervention just because your friend's anxious. Like all <laughs> your, it's, it doesn't have to be a big deal. It's like, you just have to like sit down and just like have a conversation, chat, open up, crack that on the door on the box, crack it open a little bit, yes. test the waters, get yes. your toe in. You don't have to jump in the deep end. Like that's what we do because it's like, I've been swimming for the past two years, Yeah, but just, just <laughs> dip your toe in the pond. And I, and I bet you, you'll be like, wow, this is a lot safer than I thought it was. And if it's not in your current circumstance, then find a, find a situation in which it is because those mm-hmm. communities, those circles exist and they are more accessible than ever. And I encourage you, anybody who's listening as a man to find your community and be yourself. Hey, I love it. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that is, 
I couldn't have said it any better myself. Thank you. That was like perfect, perfect, Thank perfect, you. perfect. Um, and brings me to kind of the last piece of yes. things that I want to jump into. Yes. Um, and I'll let you plug it after I ask this question. But um, the way you just described these communities brings me to Tether, which yeah. I know that you're connected to. Hey, love um, you, my Tether boys. Yes. So I will let you plug that. Um, but before I do, I want to just ask you the question that I always end my podcasts with. Um, I always ask my guests what SISU means to them as it relates to their mental health journey. And for those who are tuning in for the first time, you don't know what SISU is, you know, just to give my listeners, my SISU squad, a refresher of what it is. It's a Finnish word that translates to English um, as guts, determination, grit, resilience, strength. Um, It's really more of a a theme, more of a lifestyle than it is like a word. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so that's what I try to embody every day in my life. And so I always ask my guests, so Kyle, I'm asking you right now, as we're recording as two men yeah. just in the world on a Friday morning, Love it. what does Sissu mean to you and how does it relate to your mental health journey? Hmm. What a beautiful question. Um, what a great way to end. I love that. That's fantastic. Uh, to me, I think what's what's popping up for me is I, on my most recent episode of the podcast, um, I sat down with Amy Corey, who's a singer, songwriter, oh mental my health God, advocate. She's so good. The best. She's so amazing. And we had a really incredible part in the episode where we talked about heroes in our lives. And she mm-hmm. said that yeah. her hero is her 10 years from now. And I, I love to challenge my guests. I love to like pick their brains, make them really kind of like think more, more, internally and kind of like deviate from the surface level and go into it. And so when she kind of said that, I was like, can you explain that to me? And she said, well, I'm always striving to become the person that like is my hero. And I see that person as X, Y, and Z. And I said, and I I absolutely, I love that. And I think everybody should strive to become the best version of themselves. But I kind of, I, I told her, I was like, the way that I've really seen my own life is that my hero isn't me in 10 years from now. My hero is me five years ago. And the reason that that kid is my hero is because like, I I get to live this fantastic life. Like I have such a great, I've got amazing friends, amazing family. I've got like, I've got it. You know what I mean? I've just got this like amazing existence and I'm so happy for it. And that wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for a kid dragging himself through the fucking mud for like three years. Uh, And And the fact that I get to live this life now because of the hard work and the resilience and the grit and the Sisu uh, that uh, this kid fucking showed is like, it's, it's, I, I live for that kid. I live because of that kid. And I think that like, you know, creating the podcast and creating everything that I'm doing, it's like, it's a, you know, wanting to create this mental health museum per se in this tapestry. It's like, this is the art that I feel like, you know, that kid deserves. He's a fucking warrior. And I just, I'm the one who's just reaping the benefits right now. So I think that like, that's where that's shown up so much in my life is just this, like, you know, creating a podcast that my younger self could have used, talking to people that my younger self would have wanted to listen to, connecting with people like yourself that I would have loved to have connected with years ago. And that all just like that, it's because of that kid. And that kid's the one who has the grit. Right now, I'm just, I'm like a slipper loving silk sheets. You know, I got, I got it going. I'm comfortable. That kid, not so much, but, but he's, he's the best. And so it's all, it's all because of him. So that's, there's, there's the grit is, is my hero couple years Damn, ago. I love that. Also, I'm like grinning ear to ear because I'm so proud of you for that answer. Like Thank overcoming you. like <laughs> the shit that we deal with in our world and in our lives to like become this mental health boy, you know, mental like health boy, just, just trying to figure wrapped it out. in silk sheets who is yeah. you know, comfortable. <laughs> like that's so good. I love, exactly. love, love that answer. Thank you so thank much. You. Yeah, uh, thank you. Well, okay. Because my podcast is all about connecting people over shared experiences, different mm. experiences, whatever, all about mental health. Where can people find you? This is your time to plug Tether, to plug your work, to plug your personal passion projects, whatever you want. How can people yeah. find you? I mean, people can probably find me like, I don't know, like crying next to a pond, probably somewhere, <laughs> uh, viciously throwing rocks. Um 
I don't know. I, I, I think that uh, the best way to get in touch with me is through Instagram. At uh, Morzy is my personal, uh, M-O-O-R-Z-Y-Y-Y. Uh, and then the podcast is at Likes Rec Podcast. Um, I'm super happy of the work that we've done. My graphic designers are... I love those guys. They're mm, incredible. They're so good. So good. Like literally couldn't have asked for a better team. And so they put together some absolutely incredible work uh, that I'm always so happy to showcase on that platform. Uh, we got a banger of a post dropping today, which I can't wait. Um, and uh, yeah, so those are the two best ways to get a hold of me. And then, um, yeah, through those platforms, you can reach out. And uh, I'm always, I answer as many DMs as I can. Uh, I'm always pretty good about that. I am a horrendous procrastinator so definitely there's been times where i've had people like reach out to me and i don't get back to like for like a, you know a little while um <laughs> but i always try to i always try to get back so that's the best way to reach me for sure is just instagram social media or uh, and i think my email address is uh, connected to my um socials as well so whatever uh, whatever way you want to get in touch i i'm here to chat for sure great um will you share a little bit more about both tether and um better tomorrow yeah. Oh, thank you for asking about better tomorrow. God. Um, yes. So Tether is this like absolutely incredible men's mental health social media platform where basically they've created this like virtual, safe, comfortable environment where men can go and have a place to like connect with other men. Their, their tagline is like connect with other men who get it. And it's like, and it's so true because men who are going through the shit, who are going through the tough times, it's like you're literally going to be surrounded by people who are going through similar experiences, who are there to help one another. It is just this beautiful, beautiful um, platform that I'm so happy to work with. And the guys who started it, Addison, excuse me, oh, um, Addison and Matt, it's not a good look. Um, Addison and Matt, they are just like, they're just the best. And so um, what they're doing is truly like changing a lot of men's lives. And I'm just like, I'm just happy to be along for the ride. Um, so yes, definitely check out Tether in the App Store uh, and um, App, App Store, Google Play Store, download it. And I think uh, I think Life's Rec now has a referral link as well. So if you go to our most recent episode, uh, there's a referral link in uh, in the description of it. So you get, uh, you know, the episode, the podcast gets a little kickback, helps support what we're doing, which is, uh, you know, hey, always amazing. And uh, and yeah, so they're, they're really amazing. And uh, then Better Tomorrow is such a fun project that uh, my team is working on right now uh, that we're super excited about. This hat is one of our Better Tomorrow products. Um, so we are launching the site. I'm hoping, this is fingers crossed, but it'll be tomorrow. We're recording on uh, Friday, October 29th. I'm hoping that by tomorrow, it'll be ready to rock, uh, possibly Sunday. I don't know, but, oh, but over the weekend, we're going to drop the uh, the website, which I'm stoked about. So uh, we'll finally be able to uh, better tomorrow. <laughs> I guess I'm getting way ahead of myself. Like the, uh, I'm like, I'm like talking about the drop already. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm fired up. Um, but uh, the, the catalyst behind better tomorrow is this idea that I was always told when I was going through my mental health struggles that uh, it'll be better tomorrow. It'll be better tomorrow. And there was the idea that um, I'll never be better tomorrow. One day is not going to, not going to make me better. Uh -huh. But if I put the time in now and I give myself um, the opportunity to let tomorrow be better than today, I found that I was able to take baby steps in the right direction. And so the idea of the, the brand, the clothing, the stickers, the posters, everything is just a gentle reminder that as you go through your day-to-day, -day, not only is it a conversation piece and it invites people to talk about mental health with you. And that's like always going to be the goal is just, if you're walking down the street, someone's like, that's a dope fucking hoodie. It's like, thanks. Part of this hoodie went to <laughs> went to support mental health research and blah, 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 blah. And then you have an opportunity to like have a very casual foray into a very yes. interesting, important conversation. Love it. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, so it's just basically, it's a gentle reminder that today might be super shitty, but it's about working for tomorrow to make it even just a slightly better than today, make those baby steps in the right direction. And, and you'll, you'll just, eventually you will get to your better tomorrow. And I think that that's just the coolest thing. So yeah, we're dropping that soon. We got hats, stickers, and posters for this drop. We're going to, we're working right now on a, uh, sweatpants, sweatshirt combo, uh, set. Hell yes. Um, yes, which will be coming out hopefully in the winter at some point. Uh, but it's still a startup, you know, there's definitely going to be hiccups along the way, but that's the beautiful thing is we're human and, and the project yes, is not about 100%. being perfect. It's about just, it's about showing the whole process. So I'm, I'm excited about it. And uh, yeah, I've got a bunch of boxes in the back, all full of all the better tomorrow gear. So we're, we're getting ready. We're gearing up for it for sure. 
Hell yeah. Well, I have been waiting for Better Tomorrow since your initial sneak peek. Um, yes. So yes. I, for one, am like so ready for this site to be live and I, I will it. be purchasing ASAP. Um, yes. So yes, please. And I would honestly, and I would love to, if you want to give some stuff away to your listeners, I'll, I'll send some extra stuff. Oh my just God. To, that'd uh, be so fun. That'd be amazing. I'd love that. Heck yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much. That's amazing. Um, I cannot wait to continue supporting you and thank Life's you. a Wreck and Better Tomorrow and all of the mental health journeys and yeah. things that come with it that you and I and our communities are on. So yes. um, yeah, I just, I can't wait. Um, with all of that being said, um, I should probs wrap up here so I can like actually go to work today. Yes, um, that's that totally fair. Yeah. Um, I have the great flexibility of working for a mental health nonprofit that prioritizes our mental health. And so we have the great flexibility of working from wherever we want, whenever Love we want. That. So, Hell yeah. um, yes, but I do have things to do. So, of course, of course. um, Thank you just so much once again for being a friend and being a role model and an inspiration and Thank doing you. the work and doing the damn thing and for doing taking time out of your thing. Friday to record with me. Hey, no, this is, this was a pleasure, man. And thank you for reaching out and, and introducing me to all that you're doing. And just, just again, who you are, I very, you know, I wish we had connected sooner and I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing to, uh, to chat going forward. This has been a lot of fun and I wouldn't want to start my Friday any other way. So thank oh, you. Man. Thank you. Well, we will certainly be in connection from here yes. on out. Um, we'll be hyping each other up from afar and done, done. <laughs> partners and collaborators for any it. and all the things. So I love it, man. Good stuff. Yes. Thank you so much. And anybody listening, hope you enjoyed and, uh, you got a you got a pretty good host here in Joel so you know you better uh, better treat him well thanks so much for listening remember to subscribe rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts if you'd like to connect with me you can email me at it's all in my show at gmail.com Add me on Instagram at it's all in my head show or connect with me on Twitter at all in my head show.